again, let's remain standing for prayer this morning. A few requests I want to give you. Uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, Tyler Rigney's mom, Pam, uh, was in the hospital. They have sent her home, uh, and uh, the Lord will have to intervene there miraculously. So pray for that if you would. Uh, continue, if you would, please, to lift up Brother Eddie as he's going undergoing his cancer treatments. Uh, and then pray for Miss Irma. She had a death in her family. They'll be having those services today. Remember our services here at SAGBC. Boy, don't we want the Lord to show up this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to meet with us. Father, we love you this morning. And we're so thankful to once again be in your house. Lord, I pray your blessings upon the services today. We sure need the touch of the Holy One in our midst. Lord, we don't come here out of habit, but we come here to hear from heaven this morning. Lord, I pray that as we sing off and you'd open up the windows of heaven and pour your presence out upon us today. Lord, we know that you're always here. You're omniscient. You're omnipresent. But Lord, we also love it when you do something special in our services. Lord, I pray that you bless the singing, the preaching. May it all uplift that precious name of Jesus, the name that is indeed above every name. Lord, the name at whose mention every knee shall bow and tongue confess. Lord, speak through us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. There's an old preacher of yesteryear named Adonaram Judson, one of my favorites to read after. Preached well up into his 80s and preached like a fireball. And up in his 70s, he was preaching a camp meeting and just let a rip one evening and, you know, sweat dripping off of him. And a reporter came up to him afterwards and said, Pastor Judson, how is it that at the age of 75, you still preach like you're 30 and you're just ripping wide open? He said, I never got over the wonder of it all. I want you to listen as the choir sings. I know it'll bless your heart. Sing, babe.
We'll do one more for you this morning. Love to hear Brother Ken sing this. I hope it blesses your heart. Sing it, son. Oh 
song. Thank you so much, choir. Wonderful to see everybody in church this morning. Thank you for being here. And for those who are joining us via live stream, we welcome you out this morning. We're delighted you're with us. Isn't it good to be in God's house today? Amen. Several announcements I want to bring to your attention. Don't forget tomorrow night, the Faith Field Weight Loss Program. They're meeting on Monday nights at 6.30. If folks haven't come, Ms. Charlene, they can still sign up and come. Yeah, you don't have to sign up. You can just show up. So folks asked me that this morning. The answer is absolutely you can come. Thank you, Lydia. And then on October the 31st, I'll double your salary today, sweetheart. On October the 31st, don't forget a couple of things going on. We'll have the uh, Billy Sampson family with us uh, on the Sunday morning services. And then that afternoon, we will also be having our community-wide fall festival here at the church from 4 to 6. Uh, we're asking you to help us with that in several ways. We need some cakes made for the adult cakewalk. Can we just stop right there and say amen? And then cupcakes made for the kids' cupcake walk. We also need, yeah, you can say amen to that too. That's all right. And then we also need you to bring some two-liter sodas. Thank you for those who have signed up. Also, one other quick announcement. Today, as you know, we are active supporters and sponsors and, uh, and participate with Grace Network. Uh, we are thrilled to participate with them. They do such tremendous, important work in our community today. Uh, they're ha well, they've been having all week, but they're having their pumpkin sale. If you need pumpkins, let me encourage you to run out there today. Uh, uh, this is our day. Miss Leanne and Sister Susan will be staffing it for us. So if you haven't gotten yours yet, head on out there today at First, ba First Baptist, right? up in Martinsville. So uh, thank you for that. We appreciate your support. On November the 7th, we are hosting the outdoor wedding shower for James Hodges and Anna Helms. They'll be getting married in December. I've given you all the information there. And then also you will note in your fly, uh, in your bulletin, we've got a flyer here. Uh, if This may pertain to you, but if not, I want you to give it to someone to whom it does. In addition to partnering with Grace Network, we're also proud to support uh, God's pit crew and the work that they do all over the country. And uh, on Wednesday, October the 27th, from 2 until 6, they are handing out 1,000 boxes of food uh, for our community. Uh, I've already asked them if they need us to donate anything uh, because we're so good about that. They've got everything they need. All they want us to do is help spread the word. So if there's somebody that you know that would benefit this, give them this flyer and let them know it's all free. Uh, and it's just a way of us as a church reaching out into the community that God gave us to serve. Can somebody say amen to that? We've, he gave us this community. We're going to serve this community. So uh, if you know somebody that can be uh, 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 blessed by this or benefited by it, then I want you, if you would, please to give them this and let them know. Thank you to those who have uh, uh, taken your Operation Christmas Child Boxes. Those are due back on November the 14th. And then finally, thank you to those who contributed for our Pew Project. Don't they look good this morning. Amen. Appreciate everybody, every cent that you gave. I've already had one person uh, come up to me and say, Preacher, you messed up with my pew. Now I have to leave the church. I won't tell you who it was, but his initials are Frank Lawson. Amen. <laughs> I appreciate all the work that everybody did and uh, so much, uh, uh, your, your kindness, your gifts to make this happen. God bless you for that. One other thing that's not in your bulletin on uh, November the 14th, get ready, senior saints, of all the trips you're going to do, this is going to be one of the best. On Sunday, uh, uh, November the 14th, after the church services, senior saints are heading down to Hillbilly Hideaway. God just moved. Amen. Spoke right in the midst. What do you mean, preacher? If you've never had hoe cakes, 
You can hallelujah all you want, boy, but you ain't no senior saint, son. Your daddy's going, you ain't. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Thank you, Miss Charlene, brother. Uh, I got ready to say Brother Charlene. I bet you've been called worse than Brother Charlene. Thank you, all brothers and sisters, daughters, for leading that ministry. We're looking forward to it. Fellas, come on and make your way down, if you would. You all come get ready to sing for us this morning. I appreciate you. Merry heart doeth good like medicine. Amen. If we can't come to church and have a good time, my soul. Father, bless the offering this morning. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
such a good song. Let's all stand together all over the building this morning. Man, it and God good. Love that song. Love to hear them sing that song. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Brother Ken, you come sing for us. Man, I love this old song right here. Tell you, I've sung this song for years and years and years, and you know, it really just didn't hit home until we started slowing it down. You slow the song down, you really start worshiping on the words. I trust you'll enjoy the song and just worship on it a while while we sing it this morning. Glory to his name. That's where all the glory is due this morning. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where from cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. This is good right here. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Sing about that fountain right here. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. 
There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was a blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was a blood applied. Glory to his name. Amen. Turn around, wave at somebody, give them a fist bump, welcome them out to church this morning. All the t uh, young folks heading to children's church, come on, make your way down. Everybody else, you can be seated. say thank you to those uh, folks who came out this week to help get the pews ready. Brother Gardner, thank you for your work on this, brother. Wave your hands. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. Brother Gardner's the one who did all this work for us. Brother Harvey Gardner. <clears throat> I, uh, Brother Gardner is actually over at our house, the Chatham House, a couple of weeks ago. Some work we're asking him to do for us. I told him he has to live forever because there's nobody else around that can do what he does. So he's just going to have to live forever. That works out great. Brother Ken's going to give us one more quick announcement, and then we're going to have one more song. Brother Ken. Amen. It was interesting yesterday. Well, Friday, we kind of had the game plan that this was the only section that we were going to do, uh, is what Brother Gardner had told me. And so uh, Saturday morning, I get a message from my wife, said, Brother Gardner has called and left me a message that he needs to talk to you sometime today. So I'm thinking, well, something's went wrong. So I call, I call him, and he said, hey, uh, we got both sides done. So we're starting on the center, but I don't know that we're going to get done. So that was fine. We was uh, headed out to supper around 4 o'clock yesterday, and I stopped here by the church, and they was packing all the tools up. I said, man, y'all really jumped on it. I really appreciate your hard work, brother. And uh, he, had a <clears throat> he had a great team of uh, guys working with him, and I really appreciate the hard work. All of them was fine gentlemen, and uh, they really jumped on it. These big ones are some monsters. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, that was some real hard work, and I do appreciate all the efforts you made to get the church, get the church back in order. And uh, looking forward to having some good time worshiping on these pews. Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. We don't always have to sit on them. You can stand up and raise your hands, too. Amen. <laughs> they show all nice and soft and comfy. Uh, they're an inch and a half thick. Is that right, brother? Nobody <laughs> blink. No long blinks on these comfy pews, folks. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, uh, you all trio, come get ready to sing for us. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Mark, if you would, please. Amen. Gospel of Mark. Go ahead and, and get Leviticus chapter 8 ready as well. I forgot the whole reason why I was up there. Uh, I was bragging on Brother Gardner, but uh, Tuesday night, don't, everybody don't get excited, but Tuesday night we're going to have to put the screws back in the seat so y'all don't get too wiggly in here this morning, okay? It's a nice, tight, nice, tight fit, but unless y'all just go plumb crazy, we're not going to lose anybody this morning. But uh, Tuesday night, we need to meet back here at 6 o'clock, start putting the screws back in. If you're going to come and join, bring you a drill and a number three Phillip bit, and we'll get underway. Thank you. A drill and a what? Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have an interpreter in the midst? Is there a... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mark chapter 1. Love this song. It's going to go right along with the message this morning. I hope it blesses your heart. Sing it, y'all. <laughs> All right, well, you know, whenever there's a dead moment like that, that means I get to give testimony. But here's actually what I'm going to do. He's going to be so upset with me. Matt, tell us what the Lord's done for you, buddy. <laughs> He's always on time. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <clears throat> been two months I didn't know where I was going to be what I was going to be able to do it's funny how quick life changes um, you know most of y'all know I was in a four hour accident and broke ribs and collarbone and shoulder blade and messed up my kidney and spleen and I was laying there um you know, I, Jesse had run over, and she said, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but just lay here. And uh, I could hear stuff going on. I tried to get up. I couldn't get up. And um, the next thing I heard was Brother Ken's voice. Amen. He said, do you mind if I pray with him? And it, I'm going to tell you, if they would have said no, somebody's going to be in trouble. <laughs> but it was good to know God's always on time. Yeah. Always. Um, you know, everybody was great. I couldn't ask for anybody better. You know, Martinsville, and they flew me to, to Roanoke. And, you know, the people that came in and, and talked to me, you know, were just phenomenal people. Um, but it gave me a chance to, you know, I never pay, pray for pay, patience. I know they say don't pray for patience. But it gave me an opportunity to just sit because that's all I could do. I could just sit in a chair. That's all I could do. And have one-on-one -on -one time with God. And it really just gave me an opportunity to become closer with Him. Be thankful for the small stuff. Amen. That's, you know, I, I take things for granted every day getting up. But not anymore. 
It's the small little stuff that that God gives us every day. It's it's a gift every single day. I can't thank each one of you enough for you know the support you've given me, the prayers, the cards, the calls. All of it means the world. Um, and it's so nice to be back up here and doing what I love to do and doing what I can do for the Lord. Oh, 
this afternoon I want them to sing it again I want to tell you how we got this song and why I fell in love with it some of you who were with us at Amazing Grace way back when we first started having Kylan Deliverance may remember a young preacher's son named J.W. Depew his name was Damon I know y'all know him Sister Coffee. his daddy's in heaven now J.W.'s in heaven uh, great preacher in Tennessee wonderful songwriter his son, Damon, used to travel with Kyla and Deliverance, and we fell in love with Damon and stayed in touch with he and his wife and their new baby, their little boy that they adopted. Precious family. Damon has always said that Amazing Grace and then Stanley Town's Amazing Grace, one of his favorite services. In fact, he watches a lot of our, our services. He sent us the song six, seven months ago, sent it to Renee and said, this song is going to speak to your church. And I started listening to it. Lydia then started listening to it. And she said, Daddy, I really like this song. And I can tell you that for, for me, the song that the part that means the most is when Miss Lisa sings those words, I've been all three. Barabbas. Barabbas. I've been Peter. Where I've messed up. I, I, I'm not proud of it, but I've been Thomas where I've doubted. Or I've had questions. And would you look at me? In every situation, God's come through. He's never, never kicked me out. Never told me I wasn't. <clears throat> never said I wasn't welcome. Never said that he wouldn't let me back in his grace. I'm glad I never fell from grace. But I'm glad that God I serve is compassionate. I want him to sing one more time. You obey the Lord. Just worship him.
disgrace Hang on a cross Despised and rejected And willing to die in my place At Calvary Someone like me Someone like me His name was Thomas For three years he followed He saw every wonder and sign They say he had risen But his grave is empty But he can't believe he's alive Now standing before him Jesus shows him The scars in his hands and his side What kind of man embraces the doubter Lovingly drawing me near I don't have to wonder if I've been accepted He settled the worry and fear At Calvary For someone like me
land. I know what time it is, but I got to tell you, I don't, I don't ever want to get accustomed to this kind of worship. Now, I hope you don't ever take it for granted, but I'm going to change a little bit on you. Turn to John chapter 20. We're going to go in a little different direction. John chapter 20. I'm not going to be long, I promise, but I, I want to wanna, wanna go in just a little bit of a different direction, the way the Lord's moving this morning. I'm not going to be long, but I want you to listen. You listen fast, I'll preach fast. Amen. John 20, please. Let's start at verse 19. Verse 19. We got some visitors with us this morning. You have never been more welcome than you are at SAGBC. You honor us with your presence, and we're delighted you're here with us this morning. John chapter 20, verse number 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, note this, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then his disciples were his disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, so send I you. Jesus, excuse me, when he had said, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Note verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, Unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. The doors, well, we could stop right there and shout, couldn't we? Then came Jesus. That's a good message right there. Thank you, Lord. We're going to work on that one. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand. Thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and have yet believed. Father, thank you for your presence. Lord, you know this is not the direction I was going, but I think it's the direction you'd have us to go. Bless the preaching now in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Of the disciples that are mentioned in Scripture, Thomas is one of the ones about which we know the least. And to be very candid with you, that which we do know is rather unfair. Whenever we think of Thomas, he is always described as a, with an adjective that goes before his name. We always refer to Thomas as doubting Thomas because of this one moment, this one incident, and this one day. May I just stop a moment and say, thank God 
that though society will often look at us and refer to us by the worst day of our life, that's not the kind of God we serve. I think the name Thomas has been ascribed, this idea of doubting Thomas is quite unfair to this man who in fact would turn an entire country upside down for Christ. He's forever branded because on this day, at this situation, on this moment, and this hour, Thomas had some doubts. I can't help but think the disciples were disappointed in him. I can't help but think, and don't misunderstand me, I'm going to show you a couple of reasons why Thomas was in the state that he was in. I can't help but think if the disciples weren't angry with him, but that wasn't the case with the God Thomas served. In fact, Thomas laid out some very clear words. He says, I need this, I need that, and I need this, and if this happens, then I'll believe. And eight days later, God showed up. Thomas says, I need this. God says, here it is. Thomas says, I got to see this. And God says, look, 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 look right here it is, buddy. Everything that Thomas said he had to have in order to believe, God said, you need it, I got it. You need something that will convince you right here it is. Let me pause a moment and say, number one, I'm glad I'm not forever known by the biggest days of my life or the worst days of my life. I'm glad that when I look back over the course of my life, uh, the fail, hell man, my failures, my mistakes, uh, and even, yes, my days of doubt, uh, thank God, uh, though man may look at that uh, and ascribe all kinds of foolishness, the God I serve, uh, when I start complaining, uh, when I start talking about it, uh, when I say, Lord, forgive me, uh, his words are always the same. What sins are you talking about? I don't even, re I don't even remember them anymore. Quickly, I promise, I want to talk to you about this man, Thomas. Note number one, if you would, please, despairing Thomas. Verse 24 makes it very clear that immediately after the crucifixion, there was an assembly. The disciples were gathered together. The disciples were there not to worship. They were there not to celebrate. They were there not to praise. But verse 24 makes it very clear that they were there because of fear. They were afraid of what had happened. They were there drawing strength for one another. In the assembly, there is a very noticeable absence. Verse 24 makes clear uh, that Thomas uh, was not with uh, the gathered disciples. We don't know why. We don't know what happened. We don't know why he had decided, let me underscore that, why he chose not to be there. But we do know that for whatever reason, Thomas's absence was palpable. Now, let me be clear this morning, because I don't want to sugarcoat uh, the fact that Thomas chose not to be there, uh, but because of his absence, he missed out on what God was doing right there in the midst of his people. In verse 19, he missed out on the presence and the power of the Lord, the peace of the Lord. In verse 20, he missed out on the praises of God. In verse 22 and verse 23, uh, he missed out on the provisions of God. By Thomas choosing not to be there, uh, he missed out on the good things that God had that day. May I remind all of us that God's rule still stands, God's requirement still stands. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I've been at this long enough to know uh, that if you want a better home, uh, put God first. 
You want a better job? Put God first. You want a better family? Put God first. You want a better prayer life? Put God first. You want a better spiritual life? Put God first. You want a better marriage? Put God first. You want better children? Put God first. You want a better anything? Put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Of course, here's what I want you to get, folks. Thomas's attitude had not always been like this. We always call him Doubting Thomas because of this one little passage. But let me show you a couple other passages quickly. Put your little bookmark here and turn to John chapter 11. Go back just a few pages if you would. Go back to John chapter 11. Look at verse 16. John chapter 11, God, Christ receives word that his buddy Lazarus has died. The disciples assume that Jesus is going to quickly go to Bethany where Lazarus and the family lies. Jesus decides to wait, and then he makes the decision, here we go. What you need to understand is that the plot to take Christ was already in full motion. You need to understand that the authorities had already said, when he shows up here again, we've got him. So the fact that Jesus is willing to go to Jerusalem and then travel one mile east to the little city of Bethany means that he is about to go into what is unquestionably enemy territory. He knows it. The disciples know it. Look at verse 16. Then Thomas, which is called Didymus. By the way, the word Didymus means twin. Scholars believe he may have been a twin. We don't know that for sure. In fact, Thomas is also Aramaic for twin. Didymus is Greek for twin. Here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 16. Thomas, which is called Didymus, said unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Does that sound like a doubter to you? Thomas says, if he's going, we're going. And if they're going to take him, they got to get through us first. Thomas is ready to do whatever is needed for the cause of Christ. That doesn't sound like a doubter to me. Turn a couple more pages, if you would, to John chapter 14. Perhaps one of the most powerful and oft-quoted passages in all of Scripture. Jesus knows that his... His, his earthly time is coming to an end, and he's giving his disciples some very last-minute instructions. He knows that it's getting ready to be crucified. He knows uh, that his ministry is coming to a close, uh, and he wants, uh, before he departs, to give these disciples some very last-minute instructions. And he says in verse number one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house are many mansions. You know what it says. If I were in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Whether I go, you know, in the way you know. Thomas, now in verse number five, he gets so much flack. But he's asking a question because he doesn't know the answer. And I submit to you that the question that he asks, the questions that he asks, are probably the very questions we might ask if we had been there. He said, Thomas said to him, Lord... We know not whether thou goest. And how can we know the way? Can I put that in our English? He said, Lord, when are we going? 
And if we don't know where you're going, how can we possibly know how to get there? I don't think he's being arrogant. I don't think he's being rude. I think he says, Lord, we will die with you. We will go with you. We'll do anything you need, but you got to tell us where you're going. And Jesus says in verse number six, look at it. He writes, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Would you look at me, folks? The Thomas you see in John chapter 11 and John chapter 14, that ain't the Thomas uh, that you read in John chapter 20. Something happened. Something happened to Thomas. And whatever the something was, in my mind, I think it's the death of Christ. I think he never imagined this was going to happen. This was not the way he planned this out. This wasn't supposed to occur this way. In Thomas's mind, Jesus was going to ascend to the throne of David, throw off the yoke of Roman bondage, reestablish the great Davidic and Solomonic kingdom, and everything was going to be great, grand, and groovy. But then life happened. Look at me, church. Life always happens. How many of you understand that on one moment, everything can be great, grand, and groovy, and then two minutes later, you're despondent, despairing, and depressed? How many of you understand that life can be fantastic today, and it takes one phone call, it takes one doctor's diagnosis, it takes one conversation with a family member, it takes one problem at work, it takes one situation at church, and suddenly, you're despondent, despairing, and depressed? You look at me. I love you this morning. You've heard me say this a thousand times. A a discouraged Christian is the enemy's playground. Discouraged Christian, they don't enjoy the music of the church. They don't enjoy the people of the church. They don't enjoy the preaching. They don't enjoy anything. They tend to find fault with everything. Why? Because they're discouraged. And don't turn up your spiritual noses in indignation. We've all been there. Every single one of us, here's the good thing, God still loves you. Notice if you would, please, not only do you see despairing Thomas, I want to transition, if I may, please, quickly to delighting Thomas. My second point is normally doubting Thomas, but we got that part covered. You know that already. Look, if you would, please, at delighting Thomas. Go, if you would, please, back to our scripture text, John chapter 20. Look at verse number 26. The whole first situation is over. Thomas wasn't there. The disciples reach out to him and say, Thomas, I love this. They don't start talking great doctrines of scripture. Uh, They don't start talking about what happened before or after. Uh, They said three words, four words, five words. We have seen the Lord. Thomas. We have seen the One of the best messages I could have possibly preached in that moment. He's alive, Thomas. We've seen him. He's not dead. There's 10 of them. How do you know, preacher? There were 12 disciples. Judas is dead. Thomas is absent. There's 10 of them. And they come to one man, Thomas, and all 10 of them say, Thomas, we've seen him. He's alive. Thomas is so discouraged. He's so despondent, he's so despairing that he says, I got to see him with my eyes. Now, if there were any disciples in the midst that were Baptist, they'd have given him an earful right that moment. 
Well, if your sorry tail had just been there Sunday, you'd have seen him. But you couldn't be bothered to show up. Where was you? I'm so glad our God ain't Baptist. Amen. Savior shows up. If you would, please look at verse 26. After eight days again, the his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. This time, the scripture says, in came Jesus. Doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. And I'm always blown away by verse 27. Why? Because if you parallel verse 27 with verse 25, you find that Thomas said, except I see, in verse 25, I see uh, in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And in verse 27, eight days later, Jesus says, reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side. Exactly what Thomas said eight days later, here's what I got to have. Jesus said, it's all right, I got it. Exactly what, what Thomas said, I need to see this in order for me to believe. Jesus shows up and said, here it is. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not somebody who's going to stand up here and tell you to put God in the box and make demands upon God. But here is what I'm going to tell you. The God that I serve will meet you where you are, take you as you are. He loves you enough to take you just as you are. And thank God he loves you too much to leave you that way. Notice, if you would, please, the satisfaction. Verse 28, Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Suddenly, in that moment, Thomas knew this is for real. Thomas knew this is God. So I'm reading between the lines now. I believe the next time the disciples were together, Thomas showed up. I believe the next time that the Lord showed up in his midst, Thomas was there. And in fact, I know that when Jesus ascended up to heaven, Thomas was there. When fire fell from heaven and, and sat his cloven tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost, Thomas was there. Why? Because God met Thomas where he was. Close your Bibles. I'm done. One more thought. Now I'm giving you what is referred to as extra biblical theology. These are things that we know of, we can prove historically that occur outside the confines of Scripture. You see, the Savior, the satisfaction turns into Thomas's service. Here's what we know. I don't believe Thomas ever doubted again. Why? Because he'd seen the Lord. Now, look at me and listen to me. I can't stand up here and tell you that I've ever seen the Lord with these physical eyes, but honey, I've sure seen him with my spiritual eyes. I've seen him take drug addicts and turn them in to champions for the cause of Christ. I've seen him take people who are wallowing in the gutter of sin and clean them up and put them on a brand new course of direction. I've seen him. 
I've been there to witness as he takes someone who's dabbling and fooling around with things you've got no business touching and wash them clean as can be. I've seen the Lord. Every time our choir stands up here and sings and I think about where some of these folks were when God found them, I've seen the Lord. Every time a, a lost sinner walks down an aisle paved with grace, I've seen the Lord. I think Thomas never doubted again. Here's what we know. Though scripture never talks about him again after the day of Pentecost, historical history, provable, documentable, unquestionable history tells us that Thomas traveled east after the day of Pentecost. Traveling through what we call today is Persia. Now, what we refer to it as the country of India, and in fact, uh, you can go home and Google this. Uh, if you, if you like, like here in America, we have First Baptist churches on every street corner. In India, they have St. Thomas churches on every street corner. Why? Because Thomas traveled to India, turned the entire country upside down for the cause of Christ, and there are millions, millions of people in the country of India who've been saved because one man said, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. Listen to me, folks. Perhaps most telling of all, we know that the uh, enemies of God eventually got a hold of Thomas, as they did with every one of the disciples, and executed Thomas, who willingly stood, and in fact, was going to be crucified, and we know, a provable fact, that Thomas said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the way that my Savior was. And so they ran through with the spear and killed him on the spot. Why are you telling us that, preacher? Because that don't sound like a doubter to me. What that sounds to me like is somebody who had a question. Somebody who was struggling just a moment. And rather than kicking him to the curbside, God says, you got questions? I got answers. You got difficulties? I got solutions. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. Brother Ken, come get us a song to sing. I appreciate your attention. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. We're not going to have a long invitation, but here was what I want to ask you. Two quick things. Number one, I want you to be honest. And say, preacher, there are some situations either me or my family or others around us are facing. Pray for us this morning. We need God to intervene. I'm seeing a lot of hands. God bless you for your honesty. You can put them down. Let me encourage you right now. If you're comfortable and want to slip up to this altar, you, of course, can pray where you are, but the altar is always a good place to bring your burdens. You raised your hand and you want to make your way up to this altar. You come on right now, right this moment. You come make your way to this altar. Now, I want to ask you a second question. Is there anyone in the building that would say, Pastor Greg, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm even going to heaven. If I, had, if I died today, I'm not sure heaven would be my home. Pray for me. Pray for me. Brother Ken, I want you to sing us a verse this morning. Uh, would you come while Brother Ken sings? Pass me not, oh gentle Savior.
passes us by. Amen. Come here, Sister Sister Scott. This is Miss Ellen's sister. Been saved and baptized. Come forward to unite with our church. Been with us for weeks and weeks now. This is four weeks in a row, church. I'm just saying that we've had folks join our church. Let's do it the right way. All in favor, if you'll say aye. Aye. Amen. I tell you to come around, hug her neck, but we're not going to do that. You can go back, sister. Thank you so much. You, how many of you are going to be praying for Sister Stone this morning? Amen. Sister Scott, excuse me, this morning. I'm sorry, sister. I want to give you one more prayer request as we depart this morning. You've heard me mention many times about my nephew, Josh. December will be a year that he's been dealing with COVID. He got very sick again, and now he's got pneumonia. And so I want you to please pray for Josh. Uh, he's going down tomorrow to a special clinic at Duke to try to help treat him. He's in his mid-30s, and he's just having a tough, tough time. So would you pray for Josh tomorrow? Father, thank you for your presence today. Lord, thank you, God, that you're still welcoming folks back into the fold of God. Lord, I'm so glad that when we fail you, you don't fail us, that when we walk away, Lord, we don't fall from grace, we don't lose our salvation, but more importantly, God, we don't lose your love. Lord, thank you for this simple reminder this morning about this man, Thomas, Lord, and being reminded that when we step astray, you don't kick us aside, but you lovingly bring us back. Lord, bless us as we depart. Use us now. Uh, thank you for this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning, and thank you for tuning in today. Amen.